Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to episode 112 with none other than Katie Budenberg, otherwise known as Make Love Not Diets on Instagram and TikTok. This was an episode I was so excited to record, to get to chat with her. It's such a fun chat. We really dive into some hard-hitting topics, that is for sure. Honestly, it was even such a such a hit for me when she said yes to my proposition to have her on the podcast. A mini celebrity, guys. So it's exciting. She's honestly such a breath of fresh air in this whole anti-diet culture space. Her posts are always so genuine, raw, thought-provoking, funny, all the things. In her own words, she just wants to be that rainbow you see after the horrendous storm of diet culture and the patriarchy. So just before we jump into this, two really quick things. It's important for me to share a trigger warning because we do talk about sexual assault in this episode. And the other thing is a brief update on all things free with breed. So you guys might have seen I've got a new free masterclass out and this was highly requested by you guys. So definitely check it out. How not to binge when you are stressed, sad, bored, or tired. So I share five crucial steps that are tried and tested, proven to help you stop emotional eating and emotional binging, to help you learn how to cope better with the whole range of emotions that we deal with on the daily. So that's in the show notes. And now let's get into this episode. Let's meet Katie in three, two, one. Katie, I'm so happy you're on the show. I'm so excited to dive into a variety of topics that you speak about a lot on your Instagram and I think it's gonna be pretty relevant and interesting for everyone listening to. So welcome and thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. So the thing I do when uh, a guest comes on first is some fun quick fire questions. Mm -hmm. Loosen things up, so let's get into that. Summer or winter? Uh, Summer. Coffee or tea? (gasps) Depends what time of the day. If you need to make yourself poo, a coffee. <laughs> Definitely. Like in the morning, it has to be a coffee, clear out the bowels, and yes. then probably about three or four cups of tea throughout the day. Amazing. Bravest thing you've ever done? Um, probably start an Instagram and post naked pics on it. <laughs> yeah, you make it look so easy and casual, but I guess <laughs> it, it probably does take some courage. <laughs> Nah, there's my mum on the other end looking at me naked pictures <laughs> like that's nice Katie <laughs> so true I always I always think about that like when I see people's TikToks and they're doing something like provocative or like showing their body I'm like oof but I have three brothers I'm like I don't want them to see that stuff <laughs> yeah my brother's only just started following my Instagram account he, before he was like oh it's not for me like I don't want to see that <laughs> okay last question how do you unwind um cuddle my cat Sammy oh, so cute pets are just like I, I have a dog and she is definitely my emotional support being mm-hmm. just... I saw like an, a video the other day about how like animals didn't sign up to be our like emotional support oh I know <laughs> <laughs> but like Sammy had no idea what he was getting in for but now he is literally my emotional support animal <laughs> so true they just like thought they're coming to the world to like chill in nature and then we like have them held captive in our houses like in our arms <laughs> that was that was me last night I was having a good big fat overthink and I was just there with Sammy like please <laughs> awesome okay quick fire out the way so let's dive right in I'm very curious but when and why did you start your Instagram account so I started my Instagram account just after kind of the first lockdown in the UK was easing mm-hmm. and everyone was starting to go back outside. It was getting warm. So everyone was starting to wear like shorts and swimwear. And I was at a horrendous place with myself and my body. 
and as soon as shops started opening I wanted to go shopping again but I just felt horrendous in everything I put on my body my body with nothing on it like I just I was in a horrendous place mm-hmm. and I think it took me reaching that low to realize wow this is all such rubbish like why am I so upset with myself and why do I feel this innate need to change so much and then I realized that every single time in my life that my body has gotten bigger my automatic reaction is to shrink it again Mm -hmm. and then I found other accounts on Instagram that said actually like you don't have to do that like that's not you're not a bad person if you don't want to shrink yourself again Mm -hmm. and I was like wow and it felt like I'd uncovered this big secret that like if you gain weight you don't have to (laughs) lose it and I know it sounds so silly when you put it like that but for me that was revolutionary because I'd only ever been kind of told or indicated to me mm-hmm. that like you know if you gain weight you lose it um and I was like wow I really need to like spread this word because I've never really heard about this before and I know a lot of my friends hadn't heard about this before and we were all just feeling pretty enough about ourselves and I was like actually um I feel like I could spread this word And so I kind of started my Instagram as kind of me and my journey to a better place with my body and Mm -hmm. then really worked. I feel great. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. And also really like you, your account has grown so much in that amount of time. It's been absolutely crazy. Um, It's like um, a few reels just popped off and suddenly there was a hundred thousand people at my account like all there and commenting and liking and I have to say it was slightly overwhelming at first but I feel like now I've had time to like get used to it adjust and now you're like "Uh, it's fine I'm famous yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know what it's so weird because I think people see like large numbers on an Instagram account and they think that like that person is then famous but I feel like Hannah Montana like I live such a double life yeah like on the internet there's thousands of people all wanting to talk to me and in real life I have about three friends like <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a double life all. literally that like, I am not popular in real life and <laughs> online I somewhat am it's, it's so weird so so weird wow well good on you for like first of all how old are you I'm 23 I, I, I nearly forgot then <laughs> I panicked I was like oh no how old am I now 23 and 23 <laughs> that's so young to have this like epiphany and actually absorb it and make that change because yeah I feel like so many women even their whole lives are just trapped in this again weight, gotta lose it mentality yeah I feel like a lot of women who were older than me find my account and they're like oh I wish I was friends with you when I was younger like I wish that I'd found this at your age because now I've spent an extra 20 years on you being miserable with myself yes. and I wish that I would have found this kind of philosophy earlier. yes yes I feel like growing up I didn't have one example of a person who gained weight and was just chill about it and like was like cool now this is where we are <laughs> yeah literally like I feel like the world just never let anyone do that like everything that was given to us in magazines was oh this celebrity's gained 15 pounds and here's their weight loss dvd of how they lost it mm. and it was there was never that rhetoric of like oh this person's gained weight but that's really fine and like that's really okay like mm-hmm. even now in magazines it's like oh well would you look at that such and such has a flabby belly at the beach like yes. oh they've let themselves go and you know you don't realize how much you absorb that as like a young person yes definitely what popped to mind just now was I don't know if you remember but god it must have been like 15 years ago or something Jessica Simpson had gained like a tiny bit of weight and she did some performance and she was singing and like she was murdered in the media for being so fat and she got out of control what's happened to her look at her body and I remember because I looked up I looked it up recently and apparently she said back to them she was trying to say like oh I'm I'm actually fine with my body like it's all good Mm. and the way that I would have read that back in the day was like oh she's really trying to convince herself there 
<laughs> she was actually just fine with her body like god like forbid. I feel like you really have to reach a point where you understand the concept of being fine with weight gain like I always saw it as kind of like a failure like yes. back in the day when I was desperately desperately trying to lose weight I was like wow these people have just given up on themselves and like they now have to just like themselves the way they are yes. because they have like they're too lazy or whatever and it really took um going through that process and understanding and coming to terms with like what self-love and self-acceptance acceptance actually is mm-hmm. um to realize that it's not a failure at all and it's something that you work super hard at and it's such an achievement yes to to, to reach that point what is self-acceptance to you self-acceptance is when you wake up in the morning and you don't feel amazing because you're not going to feel amazing every day mm-hmm. but that and even if you don't feel amazing about your body that day you still are okay with it you're like okay I'm not that happy today cool I'm now we're going to get on with our lives mm-hmm. and it's reaching that point where that doesn't ruin your entire day because you're having like a bad body image day you just yes. get on with it because you don't mind how your body looks and how it's changed which is so different to self-love, which I feel like a lot of us get wrapped up in and mm-hmm. we end up feeling like failures again because it's yet another thing that we yeah. can't achieve and can't get. When you can never feel good about yourself every single day, mm-hmm. um, especially as someone with like periods and yeah. hormonal cycles, like, oh, that would be a miracle if I like felt good about myself every day. Yeah, I feel like in the past year or two, even learning about your cycle and your hormones has helped me so much because there would be, the week or two when I'd suddenly be feeling so bad about my body or my bloat or whatever cravings and stuff and I'd be like hard on myself for that and now I'm just like eh just my hormones whatever (laughs) I'm so glad that we talk about it now on the internet and so like shame free as well because I feel like even as a teenager like periods were always like this thing that I giggled about (gasps) and like you know you like I would hide like the pad or tampon like up my like sleeve in school to go and change it and now I just walk around like tampon in hand like chatting about it on the internet like I'm so glad that those conversations are happening and that we understand that we're not to blame and it's not our fault it's just our life and cycles and at some point blow will happen and there's nothing wrong with that oh I used to be so ashamed of as you said like sticking the pad or tampon up your sleeve like what the (laughs) hell is that why the hell are we hiding the fact that we have this like bodily function that half the population has that's the patriarchy like 101 like why are we ashamed to of the feminine basically like the the horror that I felt if I like bled through my pants or anything like that like it's so weird that we're so aware that most people who look like women have periods mm-hmm. and I was so ashamed for anyone to know that I was on mine yeah. which is so weird because most people would presume that I had one yeah but I was ashamed for anyone to know that I had one yeah it is so weird so weird it was funny for me because I got my period super late like 17 and a half because I had PCOS and um I was so ashamed that I hadn't had it yet I would lie to like girls at school when we'd have swim class you know everyone would like skip a class like if you had swim class um because their period and I would just make it off like yeah I got my period this week guys (laughs) Oh and then two, two of like the mean girls in the grade, they asked me one time, like, oh, have you got your period yet? And I was like, oh shit, how do they know? Like, this is my deepest, darkest secret. And I was like, yeah, like, duh, like, of course. And my best friend was on looking, like she heard this conversation and she joked to me after, she was like, they weren't asking you if you had it ever. They meant like this month. <laughs> but I was mortified thinking that they knew my deepest, darkest secret. <laughs> It's so weird, these things that we feel such pressure at that, like, being a teenager. I I felt it around sex as well. Like, I um, didn't become sexually active till in my area, like, a Mm -hmm. later age. 
and in kind of high school age a lot of the girls that I was friends with were starting to become sexually active mm-hmm. and I would like laugh along with it and like pretend I understood but like I was like 15 and I had no idea <laughs> they'd all be like oh yeah and like when this happens I'd be like oh ha, ha, ha. yeah I totally understand and I was just so embarrassed like nobody must ever find out yeah. that I didn't know what was going on like it's so weird when now if I was still a virgin I'd so happy to be like oh no actually I don't understand why yeah. I haven't had that experience and I so shamelessly chat about it but <laughs> at that age that was the be all and end all like you couldn't be cool and yes. not be sexually active because yes. oh so ridiculous <laughs> so ridiculous yeah it's hilarious um change of topic but when you were talking about your Instagram growing and all the people it made me think well first of all do you know what your demographic is I'm so curious is it like women similar age to you and then the other question is what's the troll situation like oh my goodness so (laughs) most of my following is women um I think it's above like 80 percent women um which is unsurprising because a lot of the stuff I chat about is very very relevant to like women's bodies and Mm. I think um some men when they find my account they find that they just don't relate to it because I'm chatting about my experience of of being female and that's not relatable for them mm-hmm. um and then the troll situation oh sorry the ages you the, oh, yeah. so like my age I actually thought that when I created the account I'd have quite a lot of like teenagers yeah. following but actually it's kind of people my age but mostly older women mm. and by old women I literally don't mean old women I mean mm. like older than me um, yeah. I feel like I have aging. a theory about that I feel like when you're a teenager you're still so succumbing to the male gaze mm. that seeing your page they'd be like "Ooh, like what is she doing why isn't she shaving like "Ooh, that, that's my theory <laughs> <laughs> no definitely and I think it's that thing I know that at that age if I would have met me now I would I wouldn't have liked her because I'd be mm. like, oh my God, like she's so full of herself. Like, <laughs> ew, like she loves herself. Yeah. When now I'm like, I am so full of myself. Like, <laughs> I love myself. And I see it as such a positive thing now. When yeah. in the past, I would have seen that as such a negative thing. And I've been like, ew, like who does she think she is? Mm-hmm. Like, get, get a grip. Um, and I think other teenagers that come across my account must just think that as well. Um, yeah. I mean, at that age, you're, well, most women anyway were like just taught to hate ourselves basically yeah literally and that was the norm like it was so okay to hate yourself and like not okay to love yourself which is just so messed up on so Mm -hmm. many levels um and the troll situation um you know what it really varies it really really varies um some days it it, I literally don't have a single like hate comment or hate dm Mm um ones usually come in um the most aggressive group of trolling is angry anti-feminist men Mm, whenever I I post anything that's like feministy they're like ugh not all men some men are nice (laughs) how dare you accuse men (laughs) like it is they're a different breed of cases because I feel like some hate comments come out of misunderstanding or I can see how it's the male gaze and the patriarchy that have made somebody think the way that they're thinking to comment mm. that. But I think some men feel so insecure in themselves that seeing a woman who fights for what she believes in makes them feel extremely uncomfortable mm. and they will take that out in my comment section. <laughs> oh God. Does it affect you, like those types of comments? Do you know what it used to? Like, I used to just feel absolutely butthurt because I used to think that I had to please everyone in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, actually, I was chatting to M. Clarks about this when I first started to receive, like, large amounts of these comments. And I was a bit upset about it. And I was posting on my story, like, oh, like, I just feel drained. Like, I'm so upset. Like, so many people aren't liking what I'm saying. And that's upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, look, some people are horrible and those horrible people like would you take advice from them Mm. no you wouldn't and so why would you take their criticism and also like if they're so sad in their sad little lives that they spend time going on the internet and finding accounts that they disagree with spending their time arguing in the comments and sending such hateful and nasty stuff like they're such low lives 
like they do not have happiness in life like I feel bad for them like they're just I have no better word than just idiot mm-hmm. like they're just mean so like why do you care what someone who is such a low life has to say about you who is making change in the world and sticking up for what they believe in and fighting for like positive change in the world and you're gonna spend time being sad over some loser yeah on the internet and when you put it in that perspective when somebody sends something that's so pathetic and horrible you're just like wow you really have nothing better to do do you Mm -hmm. and now I'm quite happy just to water off a duck's back I just don't really care and you not respond oh it depends (laughs) it really depends I mean like some days I do the whole like I'm just rising above this and I don't have the time or energy so like I'm gonna leave it and then some days I'm like oh f this rhetoric where women have to rise above everything when men are rude and sometimes I I go for them yeah (laughs) sometimes I wake up and I choose violence and but it's usually because I want to reply something witty or stupid that I'll then right. on, put on my Instagram story and <laughs> hopefully then bring a smile to somebody else's face and you know like make something positive and funny out of such a negative horrible thing and then we can all just laugh it because you know it's not just people online that receive these kind of comments or a part of that kind of discourse like people in the workplace people who just have small social media accounts people who um, have friends and family that say that kind of thing to them and if we can all just learn to brush it off like water off a duck's back and hopefully me sharing and laughing at some of these ridiculous things that people say that could be quite upsetting mm-hmm. um I hope inspires other people to also brush it off and laugh about it and be like wow that's that's such a sadder that like mm-hmm. would say that about me because you know a lot of people have relatives that will comment on their weight and things like that and I hope that I I can help them just want to laugh it off instead of taking it to heart and feeling and harboring those like sad feelings. Mm -hmm. That's such a great perspective on it. I love it. Um, I saw somewhere once about people who insult your troll comment, whatever, similar to what you were saying. It's just like no one who's doing, who's like more successful or like doing, achieving great things is making those comments like it's never that person so it makes it easier again to like brush it off as well and the other thing is at the start of this conversation about the troll comments I wanted to say it then but I forgot but it was funny how you were like oh you know sometimes in the day where there's no mean dms and I was like how crazy of a sentence is that but like sometimes there's a day where there's no mean dms like sometimes I'm like, dude, like, that's crazy that there's, like, sometimes. You know what? I, I'm so used to this life now that, like, I don't realise when I say it's, like, stuff like that. But it is. It's, like, a nice, but, like, you don't realise it until, like, a horrible comment comes in. Then you're like, oh, well, that was a nice rest from this. <laughs> so but insane. No, it is. Crazy. And what you were talking about before, there's this phrase that I love, and it's, like, empowered women empower women. Mm. and you know women who feel empowered and you know other genders too if you feel empowered and you feel on top of your game and you feel like you're smashing life you have zero time or want to bring anybody else down and I always find that like when I'm in a low mood I'm a lot more likely to bitch and be horrible about or to other people than when I'm feeling good in my life and good about my choices and confident within myself I feel absolutely no need to pull anyone else off their pedestal because we're all just on our own do you mm. know what I mean that is I don't so know if you ever true. feel the same so true when life's like in flow and going good for me I'm just like chilling it's all easy then when things are down the person I go to to like let off that bitchiness is my poor boyfriend <laughs> like I'll, I'll literally be walking past some like woman and I'm like oh check out her tits huh and like I saw you look at them <laughs> it is it is and I feel like it's so like when I'm struggling with my body image I become like jealous and hateful yes, of yes. people who have what I want mm-hmm. and when I'm feeling great about myself I then understand that like other people's beauty doesn't take away from mine so I can think yes. that someone looks great and I'm like 
they look great, I look great, look at us all smashing life, mm-hmm. hot girl summer, great, <laughs> let's go. Um, but when I feel bad about myself, if somebody else looks what I perceive to be as like really nice, I find myself feeling such negative thoughts about mm-hmm. them and about how they look and about how I look because for some reason I just believe that like if they look good then I must look less good than mm. oh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's such a patriarchy thing where we yeah. see everything as like a competition yes, exactly yeah. <laughs> so true I felt that very strongly in high school mm-hmm. very strongly even towards celebrities I remember in class one time in like computer class we had to make a fake magazine cover and one of my friends was fawning over Angelina Jolie like it was her girl crush and I was like oh my god like trying to even like put down Angelina Jolie like what are you doing you 13 year old (laughs) I can so understand where that comes from though because whenever anyone will be like oh she's beautiful I'd be like oh no they think that she's beautiful that I'm not beautiful and like it's like that only one woman can be beautiful at one time it's so stupid (laughs) yeah definitely when it comes to when you're in those sort of like low moments about yourself becoming a bit more jealous how do you pull yourself out of that you know what it's recognizing that pattern and I can very much I never used to be able to see it in myself or know the cause of it and now I know exactly so like when I start feeling those negative feelings that somebody else is more intelligent than me somebody else looks better than me I can recognize that like warning sign immediately and be like right no we need to go have a chat with ourselves Mm -hmm. and what helps me is just to then have a little reflect and be like why am I feeling this way has something happened that's made me feel down am I just feeling PMSy? do I Mm -hmm. just need a hot bath and a relax and a refresh like am I burnt out is that where these do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and it's it's a bit like you know when you have a headache and you're like okay what's everything that could cause a headache and then you drink water you make sure you've eaten some food you make sure you've had enough sleep I feel like you have to go through your list of like what could be causing this do I just need a break do I need to get out of town for a bit do I need a phone call to my mum and you just go through everything that like possibly is the reason that like it's come on and possibly could make mm-hmm. you feel better yeah. and then hopefully then those feelings go away I feel like I go through like waves of body image sometimes it'll just be like months where I feel like completely it's a non-issue I'm not thinking about it whatever and then there'll be just like a trough where a big trigger for me is going to the beach. Not because I am feeling bad in my body, but I start comparing a lot when Mm. I go to the beach. And I've been in Spain for a month with my boyfriend. So we've gone (laughs) to the beach quite a bit. (laughs) The thing, there was a big epiphany moment. The second week we went to the beach and like my thing always been is like having small boobs and like, you know, big boobs are the best. Like it's always in media, you know, all the models, blah, blah, blah guys love big boobs all that shit and this beach was quite secluded and it was mostly people like 25 to 35 and there were a bunch of women topless I'd say like 10 5 to 10 now and when I go to these places I have no problem going topless because I'm like whatever it's anonymous like I really don't care I just get my tits some tan like that's what I need <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it also feels so nice to swim without swimmers on or like at least a top <laughs> free the nipple it's so nice it's so nice and uh I was being a perv and I was like observing other women's (laughs) boobs more than my boyfriend probably was (laughs) and um I was just noticing like especially the women with bigger boobs than me first I was like oh I'm gonna be jealous and my boyfriend's gonna see those boobs but the more I saw them the more I perved the more I noticed like they are just normal boobs like I had in my head that any boobs bigger than mine are going to be these like perfect round like perky big boobs and like I'm so jealous of them I'm gonna pause right there for a minute to share something with you so if you've been listening so far and feel like you're ready to start your recovery journey with me I've got the perfect springboard that is my free masterclass why you're still binge eating and how to stop It's a 35 minute free video masterclass where I'll walk through all of the reasons you might still be binging. Then I'll give you three actionable steps to stop binge eating. So if you're looking for actual results in your life, want to never binge again, trust me, I know the feeling. I was stuck for 10 years doing that. Then head to the show notes to get instant access today. 
I'll also gift you something for joining me at the masterclass, but I'll leave that surprise for you to find out for yourself. Life is just so damn short and it's not worth feeling so miserable, unhappy, unhealthy with binging taking over. So watch the masterclass today to start your new life. Okay, let's get back into the show. But they had all different nipple sizes, sagginess or perkiness and shapes. And it was just exposing me to normal boobs, which I never see ever. And it just made me appreciate my boobs as well. Like my boobs are just in that spectrum of normal boobs as well. I didn't see a single pair of boobs on that beach that like the media always portrays. Like maybe mm-hmm. I did speculate. Maybe that's because those women know what they got and they don't want to, they want all the guys <laughs> perving on them. Maybe. <laughs> nah, but, it's because nobody actually has boobs yeah. like that. And we never see like normal bodies, which is like part of my motivation to carry on posting like quite nerky pics on the ground mm-hmm. because... I just have a normal human body like everyone mm-hmm. else. And we see like this one, not even 1%, like 0.01% yes. of bodies are seen in, in porn and on TV. And they always have perfect matching like nipples. And yeah. same, like each boob the same size. They're perfectly perky. Like the nipple placement is perfect. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's just not what most boobs look like and I feel like in in western culture we're all quite prude and we all love to cover up and Mm -hmm. we only ever see each other like with like big clothes on Mm because we're just we're quite prude in that way when yeah a lot of other countries are naked around each other quite often and Mm -hmm. they have a lot less like body image issues because they'll go to like a sauna see all their family like naked and it's nothing weird but then you see what bodies look like when like I only ever really see my body and ones on tv and Mm. mine doesn't look like the ones on tv (laughs) yeah it's so true I feel like that's a huge part of where you can get help with body acceptance is expose yourself to all different bodies and it's so cool to have accounts like yours and there's so many that I see nowadays that are like that which obviously didn't exist back in my teenage days which would have been so nice (laughs) but I think it's so helpful it really is we just need more of it I I saw Mm -hmm. a TikTok oh no it was a documentary somewhere uh it was on Netflix about plastic surgery and this one woman who got her boobs uh augmented to be bigger she was saying yeah it's like it's made me more confident and all these things but I don't know how I'm going to explain it to my daughter one day when she has small boobs and she wonders why mine are big and what happened I have to explain that I cut open my chest and I put plastic inside or like whatever inside and she kind of then went feeling a bit sad like her emotion was a bit sad and she said I just wish I had grown up where on bus billboards there were just like a hundred different photos of all different boob types and nipple types and everything and I would have felt completely fine with my boobs but yeah just being exposed to the one the porn boob Mm -hmm. (laughs) made her do that yeah and I feel like um we kind of touched on it earlier there's like not this culture where we learn to accept what we've got like I feel like there's always an issue and Mm. the issue is always that like we need to change to adapt to it so like we need to get our boobs enlarged we need to have a Brazilian butt lift we need to lose weight we need to go to the gym we need to be more toned and there's just never this like thought that like actually the solution might be staying exactly the same or like you know not actively pursuing change and learning to love and accept ourselves like I don't know just I feel like it's such a recent yeah development that that's in the mainstream like media that there's anybody preaching for just like loving and accepting yourself how you are until god I don't know five or ten years ago I bet the term body acceptance didn't even exist or body neutrality has always had to be five posts underneath it yeah when like hashtag thigh gap I bet has like a billion I go through like this phase of um being totally fine with my boobs like going to that beach Mm -hmm. and then like having that epiphany and then I'll go through a phase where I'm like you know what 
you only live once just get the surgery just get them done and you know it'll just all be easier you won't have to be tormented for the rest of your life these ups and downs and then there's the feminist in me who's like no no come on just like don't succumb to the patriarchy you can do it you know you might regret it later that you couldn't just accept yourself as you are like there's so many voices in my head all the time and my mom actually got hers done yeah (laughs) which caused a lot of confusion when I was young because yeah (laughs) It's exactly as that other woman in the documentary. Like, I, I assumed I'd have average size boobs, and then I didn't. And I was like crying to my mom, and she never told me until I happened upon some papers on her desk about a like a checkup for the augmentation. And then I like got out of her. And wow, so yeah. like I didn't realize that because I've never had anything plastic surgery mm-hmm. done. So obviously, it's just not within my realm of experience um I thought it was really mainstream now um and people talk about it really openly like it's very interesting that your mum didn't tell you Mm, it is I was I found out I mean it would have been like 15 years ago at this point so like Mm. less maybe a bit more like shame or secrecy around it back then Mm. but yeah she didn't tell me and um she tells me though now if she could go back in time she wouldn't have got it done because she really she does regret not having been able to just be fine like accept what she had and that always sticks with me I'm like oh I don't know if I would have that regret too and I'd feel kind of like I let myself down in a way I I think like plastic surgery personally it's enough from me but that's my body like everyone you know has the choice to do whatever they want with Mm -hmm. theirs I just wish like it's never the solution to like I hate myself and plastic surgery is going to fix it because I feel like then there's always going to be something else like always. the boobs aren't going to be quite perfect or yeah. they're not going to have quite the right fullness in the right areas or oh now I need a bigger bum to match my boobs mm. and I feel like if you don't fix the reason why you wanted to get plastic surgery in the first place which is like if it is that kind of self-acceptance angle mm-hmm. I feel like you're it's just going to be something else yes Always. Like there's always going to be something that's an issue it's that it, I feel like a lot of people go through it and realize it after weight loss when mm. they realize that suddenly there's a million other things to also be insecure about um, yeah. and actually it wasn't this great solution that we all thought it was where suddenly if we lost weight my life was going to improve tenfold mm-hmm. no I'm just going to find something else to obsess over and want to change um, because I didn't actually fix the root cause of why I felt like I needed yes. to lose weight in the first place. Hundred percent. I feel like just assessing in my mind right now the the reason that I would truthfully get my boobs done if I did would be like ninety five percent male validation. Like when I think to myself, oh, you know, if there were only women around, and I'm I think mostly straight. Um, when. <laughs> when there are other uh, yeah, if it was just women I would zero percent get my boobs done I have no need for it you know they're cute they function like they don't hurt there's nothing wrong with them it's mm-hmm. only or like 95 percent just so guys would think I'm hotter and that's that's it for me it oh might be different God, for other I people. hate that we live in this world where we all feel these like emotions where we want like male validation <sighs> like I went through it when I kind of made the decision that I was never gonna um, intentionally lose weight again mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god how will I ever find a significant other because like there's all these other girls that haven't given up dieting right. and is everyone gonna fancy them and then I realized that I wouldn't want to be with a piece of trash that only wanted to go out with me because I looked a certain way. And I was like, mm-hmm. actually, I'm going to weed out the uh, <laughs> weed out the bad ones. Like the trash is going to pick itself yeah. out. <laughs> I used to joke when I was a teenager because my best friend had like has the double Ds. And I was always like a little bit jealous and she got all the boys' attention. And I used to think like, you know what, Breed, it's okay because the guy that chooses you will choose you for you and not your <laughs> tiny boobs. <laughs> I was trying to really pick myself up. <laughs> I feel like that's such a common rhetoric though. People are like, wow, they'll actually like me for me. <laughs> yeah, it's so It's funny. so funny though. I feel like people still just want whatever they don't want. I feel like if you would have oh. asked your friend at the time, she would have oh, yeah. wanted your boobs. 
because definitely I even had this conversation with a friend the other day she has larger boobs than me and I was I think I was joking because I have like the smallest boobs in my family and it's like Mm -hmm. it's a joke Um, (laughs) because I I'm not very insecure about it like I'm quite happy with my boobs Mm -hmm. like yeah I just really couldn't care less Mm -hmm. um and it's never really bothered me like enough to be upset about it yeah Um, so it's a bit like the family joke because my mum has big boobs and my sister inherited my mum's big boobs and then mine just never never grew to, to that size and I was joking about it and my friend turned to me and she was like no I would rather have your boobs she was like I have big boobs and I get backache my, like I can't buy like the cutesy little bras that like you wear like you know it, it's really hard that like, I would rather have your boobs and then you're sat there like but I would rather have your boobs and I feel like the grass is always greener on the other side always. because you never have the disadvantages like you yes. obviously it's outside your realm of experience so you don't ever experience the bad things that come with that um so you always like want what somebody else has because you only see the good bits like mm. you only see like the oh like they've got big boobs like the boys must really fall over them like mm-hmm. I want that but then it's so true pros and cons pros and cons (laughs) yes yes I feel like when you're that deep into an insecurity you can even like imagine or someone tells you like I've been told so many times oh big boobs hurt or you get you know over sexualized at a young age and can't wear x kind of clothes without looking slutty or whatever and um this there's still that just that part that really wants the male validation that's like fuck it I'll take that if I can still get male validation and it's just so frustrating to me I'm like girl you have a boyfriend like you don't even need it (laughs) but it's so hard to unlearn the years of like that we're like taught it's not even like male validation that I want to go out with them it's Mm. more like I don't know you're just taught throughout life that like if men don't find you attractive then they probably won't respect you and you'll Mm. get nowhere in life and nobody tells you that specifically but you know throughout films and life Mm. experience in general like we have so much unlearning to do of all the crappy things we were taught about needing male validation so much it's funny that we're actually talking about this because I think it was just yesterday I saw TikTok and it introduced the concept of or taught about it um compulsive heteronormativity or something I've just been looking into this (laughs) And so, yeah, it's where um, you are so taught, correct me if I'm wrong, because I just learned it yesterday, like where you're so taught to seek male validation that you almost kind of convince yourself you're straight when you might actually not be. Is that it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's because recently I, I'd always I've identified as straight mm-hmm. and then I had some like bad experience over the last few years with men. Mm-hmm. and I was so panicked because I started trying to date men again and I find it draining I had, didn't have fun I didn't really fancy any of them and I was like oh what like what's wrong with me like mm-hmm. why don't I want to like get into bed with any of these men like why do I not want them to kiss me like why am I not attracted to anyone and because I was so convinced I was like meant to be straight Mm-hmm. like I thought that I was the problem because I wasn't getting along or fancying any of these men yeah and it felt like a revolutionary concept when I was like well why don't I just date women yeah and like like instead of men and then I was like actually that's really what I want to do like I would mm-hmm. much rather like um date women and be intimate with women and it was like a decently like long and slow process of like coming to terms with that because I was so convinced that I was straight that it it took a lot of like conversation with myself and with friends to be like you know what no I'm, I'm actually going to try and, and date mm. women instead because I men disgust me <laughs> oh god you know I am so deep into like feminist tiktok that my boyfriend is so sick of me saying like men are trash <laughs> I feel so <laughs> sorry for him oh god but but that, well, my like, friend's boyfriend agrees like we're like oh men are trash and he's like yes oh, yes amazing. they are amazing <laughs> um yeah no I think if I became single again I would probably try to see what dating women would be like mm. because yeah I was just so closed off to the idea that I might not be straight like it never entered my mind unless 
you were like so obviously gay in some way, which I don't even know what that even means. But in my head, it was just like, yeah, default is straight and didn't question it because nothing majorly like lesbian happened to me. Um, (laughs) So I never had a reason to question it. But yeah, I'd always like fancied men previously. So like I never even had to think about it because I was like, this is what I expected of me. Yeah, I do kind of fancy men. So like I'd never had to put in really much thought at all. And a lot of the things that like would be signs of being a little fruity Mm -hmm. because you're so convinced you're straight. You just think they're like straight things. Like I would have like girl girl crush. And I feel like that's such a thrown around term. And like I'd like watch like pro dancers on Strictly like OT. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, like girl crush. No, (laughs) it's not a girl crush. You just fancy them. Like, and I just, I think it's so weird how we're like, oh, like, I don't fancy them, but like girl crush, but like I'm straight. It's just so weird. (laughs) Like, until I saw that TikTok and I, I'd already been thinking about it, but I really don't know how much of my straightness is just taught and like conditioned. Mm. I have no idea. It's so deep. And then this whole like need for male validation. It's insane. But like, it's not just in your like um, relationship and sexual life that you're expected to be straight. I feel like um, before Instagram, I worked in bars and restaurants and like retail. Mm-hmm. And I think of all the experiences where I was expected to be straight in those as well. For mm-hmm. example, men come in and they want to flirt with you oh, and yeah. they want to like, you know, sexualize you. You're, you're expected to um, be what is like attractive for the male gaze. And mm-hmm. part of that, like being attractive for that, like sort of like that hetero male gaze is is being straight. Like, you know, you're, not that you're not allowed to not be straight, but if you want tips and you want to keep a job and you want to be good at it then you kind of have to go along with this like male gaze that expects you to be straight Mm. so so true so true wow such great combo (laughs) (laughs) I love talking about all this stuff I hope that you don't break up with your boyfriend but also (laughs) I feel like you would just love like I ever since so I've been on like one date so far Mm -hmm. and it was lovely it's like I, I just get along better with like women like I just think mm-hmm. women are so interesting and you have like great chats like this and this is literally the kind of stuff that I was chatting about on, on the day and I feel like dates I've been on with men you just I don't know <laughs> like desperately trying to find conversation with like a yeah. brick wall I and- actually was talking about this with my boyfriend the other day like I struggle to have meaningful conversations with men unless we're really deep into a relationship of some sort already. I hardly have any male friends because I just find it hard to bond with them Mm. unless sex enters the equation. And then somehow I like, I'm able to better connect with them in some way or like you start to bond, I guess, because then you're also spending more time with them. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I literally have like a handful of male friends. Um, most of my male friends are gay. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, I feel like some of it comes from, especially the men that I date where I'm living now, um, at like quite um a high caliber university, mm-hmm. and a lot of these men that I'm going on dates with, like no one's ever said no to them in their entire lives, and I just can't think of many people that are more privileged than like white hetero males who come from like a middle-class background Mm -hmm. like they've never ever known like discrimination or anything like that and not that it's character building but it's character building yeah (laughs) Yeah. um I just you know women have we go through the struggle together and I think we bond in the struggle that we all suffer through like sexism and having to be attractive for the male gaze and we have all this common experience like all that we've chatted about during this podcast recording Mm -hmm is our shared experience of um two women um struggling with like diet culture body image um heteronormativity and like mm-hmm. the male gaze and mm-hmm. you, you can't have that conversation with somebody who's never had a hardship in their entire life or none that are related to who they just like by yeah. biology why yeah. are um and I think it just I don't know just can't I just can't relate to them <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's also the fact that you can talk about these shared experiences. It's that in itself is bonding anyway. Mm. Like I try to talk about these things with my boyfriend, but obviously it's not coming from the same place. Like he hasn't experienced it. And I feel like oftentimes men can get a bit like defensive, you know, like like you're mm. the trolling men as well. Like, oh, but it's not all men. I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to get across here. Like, listen, don't, don't attack. Like, listen. Yeah, because I do understand like there's nothing relatable yeah it's not like oh I've also had a similar experience I can understand Mm -hmm. then how you feel like I do understand that for for a lot of men they literally don't know like Mm -hmm. this is new information for them and I feel like even very understanding males who are very happy to listen still just get shocked sometimes when you say things as simple as like oh no I had to get a taxi home because it was it was dark and I was alone and they'd be like well I just walk back yes yes but I can't like you can but if I walked back alone something bad could happen and I'd probably be blamed for it for walking back alone in the dark Mm. um it it just you know it's it's not their fault but they're just (laughs) they're never gonna have that experience I remember about six months ago my boyfriend and his best friend who's male they were we're having like a drinks night together at my place and I opened up about some of the many sexual assaults I've I've experienced in my life and one of the particularly bad ones I was sharing it and um my boyfriend already knew about it but the other guy was floored like shocked that this would happen in London to me and I was just like dude I can list off so many of these experiences and all my friends have so many of these experiences but like they just don't know no how could they like how how could they and I feel like that's why I think the biggest thing for me with like men who want to be great allies is that they just sit and listen because obviously they don't know and I'm not blaming them for not knowing but then they also need to take responsibility for the fact that they, they, they they don't know they don't understand and they need to listen to us when we chat about it because we're the ones who experience this like on a nearly daily basis Mm, yes I have decided that from now on on my personal Instagram anytime I have any sort of like really bad situation with a man or sexual assault I'm posting it on my story like Mm. like in written form to show men in my circle like the things that just happen all the time and because that's actually really clever (laughs) yeah just like I I almost want like more people to do that because they never know until we open up and they don't realize how like common it is and they they separate themselves they're like oh but that's those type of men or the the poor men or the uneducated (laughs) men it's not me that's not my friend group I'm like no dude like this is you know at a house party that you were at or whatever and uh I feel like it just doing that kind of thing just shows them like this is happening all the time can you guys mm. please listen or step up in some way please that's so good as well because I think as women we're expected to shut up and put up mm-hmm. um I found like the other day I was out for a jog after dark and um, a man like pulled over and started shouting and I had no idea what he was saying but I, I broke down and started crying because mm-hmm. I was just so scared and part like half of me wanted to just like go home and not talk to anyone about it because I was so embarrassed that I was really scared and I cried and then Mm -hmm. the other half was like no I'm I'm gonna post this on Instagram and um I like filmed chatting to Instagram like while I was crying and I found in those stories that I was calling myself a drama queen and I was saying that I was being overdramatic and I was trying to belittle my experience and how scared I was because I've been so taught that I'm meant to like put up and shut up and like the fact I was chatting about it I was like oh such a drama queen such Mm -hmm. a drama queen like oh me chatting about this like such a drama queen and I had to like afterwards when I watched them back I had to like apologize to myself and my followers like no no no, I was not being a drama queen like yes nothing bad happened but how was I meant to know in that moment that nothing bad was going to happen like there was a man shouting at me (laughs) like yeah. it was dark it was on a road that wasn't that busy like I was going to be petrified and like if you're scared sometimes you cry like yeah. that's not being a drama queen and so many women were like wow like thank you because I've had such a similar experience and I've cried 
and I feel like oh like this is so silly like why am I crying like this happens to women every day like no cry like it's horrendous like it shouldn't be that we become so insensitive to our like experiences when we are scared and when men mm. act the way we don't want them to act that we just put up with it how yeah. can you expect men to listen and empathize when like we ourselves belittle diminish mm-hmm. the experience and call ourselves trauma queens before they even can yeah but I think it's like a defense mechanism isn't it like if we call ourselves drama queens before they have the chance right. to then it's kind of like we know that we're being drama queens so like yeah maybe, it's hard to explain it's a bit like um have you ever done it where you know better and then a man starts being a bit like aggressive or he thinks he knows better and you can tell it's just not going to end well and it's probably going to be like an argument mm-hmm. and then you like belittle yourself and be like oh but I don't know though Mm. like I don't, I don't know like I'm, I'm not sure and oh I'll yes. be sure I'll be definitely be sure but I'm like, oh like I, I, oh, but I'm like I'm not sure I'm not sure yes and that's oh. kind of what I found myself doing but about being a drama queen so it's like oh yeah like this thing happened and I'm really upset. But like oh it's just me being a drama queen mm-hmm. and it's like that defense so that nobody else can call me a drama queen because I've already called myself a drama queen so bloody true oh that and that also reminds me of um there was a time one of the bad sexual assaults on a tube I felt so ashamed, so mad at myself for letting him do that to me on the tube. That's like the main thing I felt. It was like after a university exam, like coming home and I felt so annoyed that I let myself let him do that. And looking back, I'm like, oh, that poor girl. Just like, I was obviously shocked and yeah, it was just, oh, the things that you like put on yourself instead of yeah horrible person who did that thing oh they covered it amazingly have you watched sex education I've seen I think season one so there is a girl in it called Amy and she has this experience where she goes on the bus and she smiles at a man because she's that kind of character like she smiles at everyone like she's Mm -hmm. just a gem lovely character and this man wanks and comes (sighs) on her jeans and okay so that's basically what happened to me on the Mm -hmm. and in the so she ends up by season three she's still very affected by it um and she ends up going to therapy and we see some of her therapy sessions and in one of the sessions she's like well but maybe he wouldn't have done that if like I hadn't smiled at him because Mm -hmm. I was being friendly and I smiled and maybe if I hadn't have smiled then he wouldn't have done that to me and it's horrendous because I think everyone or every woman who has been through sexual assault because there's such a victim blaming culture we always reflect on our actions and I cannot think of the amount of times at 2am I'm overthinking and I'm like but if I didn't do this but if I didn't do this or I didn't wear that and maybe if I didn't smile or maybe if I wasn't dancing like that then Mm -hmm. maybe he wouldn't have touched my bum or maybe like so it's my fault because I was I was wearing a short skirt and then next time maybe I shouldn't wear a short skirt so it, it doesn't happen again and it's horrendous but I'm so sorry that you also have that experience because it's just I feel like so I I had another one just like two days ago where I was coming home from like a fun night out with my boyfriend he was a bit behind me doing something with the car and so I was ahead in the dark at like 1am in this Mm -hmm. cute village like super nice tourist village and I'm walking and I see this silhouette coming towards me and I just know I'm like this is a creep I know by this the way this person is walking this is a fucking creep and so I knew to look behind me just in case that he turned around or something so we're like 20 meters apart and I look behind and he's already turned around standing there looking at me like fully 180 looking at me and I erupt. I am like, not the right time, not the right woman, mate. <laughs> I was just, I have so much anger in me from so many of these experiences that I was just mm. like, fuck off, you fucking creep. What the fuck are you doing? My boyfriend is right behind you. Better fuck off. I was, I've never said so many fucks in my life. Yes. But he literally just still stood there, like mesmerized or something. And I was like, for fuck's sake, just can you just go away and so I had to turn around and keep walking instead of him and I had to just keep checking back and then he he went Mm. but I was just like you know it's like be nice or don't be nice I don't even know which is like the better of the two Mm. I feel like you'll just be blamed either way to be honest I feel like that's what we learn as women that whatever you do it's going to be wrong because if you were nice then it's like oh well you were nice to him so you you led him on yeah and then if you're horrible they're like oh 
so you were horrible to him well no wonder he's angry and mad Mm -hmm. and that's why he then and it's like what can we do other than never leave the house again so that we're not just blamed for things that happen to us like perpetrated by other people it's like that's the idea like get them just to stay submissive and small and like stay at home I could talk about this forever but the hour is done <laughs> and I want to like respect oh the time oh my goodness flew by. Oh, that, that flew, yeah. <laughs> okay well to close things off question mm-hmm. what's one thing you think your future self would tell you now <sighs> that's such a hard question I feel like I get asked this question pretty regularly and I never have a good answer but I think I'd love to tell all like young me that you don't need everybody to like you like it's fine if someone doesn't like you like it's exhausting trying to people please all the time Mm -hmm. and like you don't like everyone so why are you expecting everyone to like you like you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea um and I think that's just what I definitely needed to hear at that age (laughs) <laughs> amazing amazing wise wise words from katie <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> awesome so i guess actually last question how can people find you oh so i'm on instagram uh, make love not diets with underscores between each of the words cool i'll pop that in the show notes and uh well this is amazing very fun i was looking forward to this all week so thanks oh, for I'm joining really to this. i'm so excited to hear it when it's all like yes. together oh what I think we've discussed some really like hard hitting but very necessary things. Yes. Um, what a good one. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, thank you. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> and that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. It really helps my podcast to grow and reach more women who are struggling as well when you rate and review. So if you've got a spare minute, I would appreciate it so much if you could rate and review. And if you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life. Change someone's day, mood, or even their life. Be that person. I know I absolutely love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me she's thinking of me and she wants to help me elevate alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at freewithbreed. I'm always open for feedback and let me know what you want me to speak about on the podcast because after all, this podcast is for you. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next time.